Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the sanctuary here at Bright Temple Church of God in Christ here in Shelbyville, Tennessee. Pray that you are blessed on this morning. I pray that God's favor is upon you and your household. I pray that you're living healthy and whole. Pray that you're living with great faith and expectation. Pray that you find us today looking to seek even maybe greater direction from God. And we hope that the words that we'll speak from our, our Father will be of encouragement to you and will help lift up your head. Maybe even help invigorate the light on the inside of you so that you might be a brighter, shining example to those who are around you. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for these few moments with your people. Lord, you said, if I be lifted up, then I'll draw all men unto me. Lord, help us that in the words that we speak, that we just lift our Savior up. Lord, allow us, Lord, to be open, our hearts, our minds, our spirit. Let it be open to what you say to us in these few moments. Let us be receptive. Lord, allow us to adjust our course according to your direction. Let your word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Administer your word to our hearts, Lord, that we might be pleasing to you, that we might be the example that you're calling for, that we might be the light that you've already told us that we are. In Christ's name we pray, amen, and God bless you. We've been sharing in the year 2021 from the concept, the idea, the overarching concept for this year has simply been forward. That will be the impetus of our teaching on this year. On last week, in the last two weeks, a couple of weeks ago, we shared Operation Push. We were talking about who's pushing you and who are you pushing. We talked about it in the context of black history. We were speaking about how many before us, particularly those as African-Americans, have had those who laid the foundation before us. On last week, we started our new series, still under the idea of forward, but we started our new series, Commitment Issues. We're sharing about how committed we are to what God desires from us. How committed are we? to do and, and, and embrace the destiny that God has laid out before us. And we're gonna share another part of that series on this morning under commitment issues. And I pray that you'll go with us. If you'll join us in the word, we're going to Luke chapter seven and we'll start around verse 36. Again, that's Luke chapter seven and we'll begin around verse 36. Reading from the English Standard Version, Luke 7 and 36 reads, One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now, when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. 
Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. We're sharing from the series again this morning, Commitment Issues. But as a subtopic this morning, I just want you to consider what is your level of brokenness? What is your level of brokenness? In this particular text, we see Jesus ministering, if you will, even while reclining to eat at the table. He has been invited to the house of Simon the Pharisee. And while he's there at the Pharisee's house, he's reclining at the table. He was laid back, sumptuously taking of the food that was offered to him. While there, sitting at the table, reclining, talking to the Pharisees, talking to those who were present and invited to the dinner, an uninvited guest crashes their dinner party. The uninvited desk, uninvited guest is this woman. She comes understanding that Jesus was going to be present. She didn't come to eat of the food. She didn't come to see Simon or any of the other Pharisees. She came specifically because she knew that Jesus would be there. She came to see Jesus. Wasn't there to entertain Jesus, but she came to see Jesus. Wasn't there to see anybody else. But she was simply there to see Jesus. When she arrived, Jesus himself describes her behavior. She comes in humbly. She comes in kneeling. She comes in in a posture of service. She came there for the purpose of serving our Lord and Savior. She got down low and she began to kiss Jesus incessantly kiss his feet. She began to cry and mourn. Her tears flowed. And as her tears flowed upon Jesus' feet, she began to wipe the smears of dirt, the mud that must have gathered, formed from the dust that was already on his feet, and the moisture of her tears, her crying, and her kisses. With her hair, she begins to clean and dry Jesus' feet. Then after she has cleaned his feet with her, her hair and with her tears and, and with her kisses, then she pulls out her alabaster jar of ointment or oil. She begins to pour the oil upon Jesus' feet and anoint his feet, moisturizing and anointing his feet, all the while in a posture 
with her head down, tears flowing from her eyes. She was prostrate almost before our Savior as she serves, as she washes his feet, as she anoints his feet with oil. This woman came for that purpose, to see Jesus, to touch Jesus, to serve Jesus, to wash his feet, to anoint his feet. What she was demonstrating without saying one word, she was demonstrating her sorrow. She was demonstrating how guilty she felt for her sin. She was showing our Savior how she regretted the lifestyle that she had taken. We know that she had a lifestyle that was sinful. We're not being judgmental, but we're taking it simply from the text. If you look at the text, Luke 7 and 47, Jesus himself lets us know how sinful the woman was. He says, therefore, I tell you her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Her sins, which are many, are forgiven. He's letting us know this woman has committed many sins. She's been very sinful. He's not trying to act as if this woman is not in need of forgiveness. He's not pretending or minimizing her feelings of guiltiness or her feelings of sorrow. He understands that there is purpose behind her guilt. There is purpose behind her sorrow. He said her sins are many. He said, but thus it has driven her behavior. He said, we're looking at a woman that is broken. We're looking at a woman that is sorrowful because of her brokenness. We're looking at a woman who is taking this prostrate position and, and come for the purpose of service and, and seeking Jesus to touch him because this woman is broken. She's experienced brokenness in her life. If I can paint a picture for you for just a moment, I just want to imagine the lifestyle of this woman. Some believe this was a woman of the streets, but maybe. Maybe we need to understand her as a daughter. Because before she ever engaged in sin, she was somebody's daughter. She was the apple of somebody's eye. She may have been her daddy's girl. Maybe she had parents, but maybe her parents passed away. Maybe they were dead and maybe she was having to subsist on her own. Make a living for herself. Maybe she didn't have any skills and maybe she had been in relationships that had defiled her and she was not sought after as a wife. So she had to make it for herself. She had no husband to provide for. She had no parents to take her in. So she finds herself trying to exist on her own. With no skills and no support system, maybe she found herself giving her body to others to make a living for herself. Maybe she said to herself that I will get to a point where I will earn enough money so that I can do something else, so that I can obtain another skill, 
so that someone will find me worthy enough to be a wife so that I, I can be attached to, to someone who can, who can help provide for me. Maybe that was her thought process. Maybe she thought that she could, of the oil she had, I can sell these oils and, and make a living by myself of that. And maybe all of her plans just never worked out. This, she was somebody's daughter. She was the apple of somebody's eye. And due to situations and circumstances, she finds herself defiled. She finds herself broken. She finds herself doing things she would rather not do just to make a living, just to exist, just to live. In the middle of that, I imagine that there was one night in particular, and all of us have had that night. That night where we felt within ourselves that that's enough. I'm simply not going to do this anymore. I'm speaking to someone, you're at that place right now. You're, you're, you're continuing to do something. Maybe it's just a habit. Maybe it's not a lifestyle, but it's a habit. Maybe it's an addiction, somewhere where you're stuck somewhere. And you're like, I'm not going to do it again. But then you find yourself doing it all over again. But this woman was at this point of brokenness where she said, I cannot live like this anymore. I cannot exist like this anymore. I feel like I'm going to lose my mind if I do it one more time. I must do something else. I must find a way out of where I am. Imagine the night before that she said, I can't lay down anymore with a strange man. I can't live this lifestyle anymore. I'm going to lose my mind if I don't have a change. I have reached the level of brokenness where I refuse to be broken anymore. And I, I hope somebody out there, this message is reaching you where you are at a level of brokenness. And I, I want to encourage you that you don't have to live that way. You don't have to continue that way. You have to resolve in your mind like this woman that I refuse to live broken anymore. The prodigal son reached his broken moment. The part of coming out of brokenness is first recognizing that you're broken and recognizing that there is something better. Recognizing that there is something better. That I cannot continue to live a broken lifestyle just so that I can exist here on earth. I can't keep trading my eternity for today. Can't keep trading my future for the present. Reminds me of Esau. Esau was at a broken moment. He was just exhausted and he was tired. And he did something I always tell you not to do, never do, never make a permanent decision in a temporary situation. While he was hurting, while he was exhausted, Jacob came to him and offered him some beans. Offered him some soup. Offered him, this is a cool, cool season, he offered him a bowl of chili. Jacob said, what, what, what will you give me for this bowl of chili? And, and Esau said, well, I'm hungry, I'll give you anything. He said, well, will you give me your birthright? Can I have that? Esau was so famished, he was so hungry, he was so weak, that at that moment, when he said, I'll give anything for a bowl of chili, he meant it. And he said, to, he said to Jacob, you can have my birthright. 
What good is my birthright to me if I don't live past this moment? He takes the bowl of chili. And to heal a temporary situation, he made a permanent decision. He traded his future for the present. And many of, the, of us, when we act transactionally like this, when we behave in our sins and live in sinfulness, when we live in our sins and, and, and stay in our, in, our, in our own sinful mindset and are stuck in our addictions and our bad habits, we're simple, what we're doing is we're trading our future for the present. We're trading eternity for right now. Most of us look back at what Esau did and said, man, that is foolish. How could he ever trade something so valuable as his birthright for a bowl of chili? But we do it all the time. Every time we sin. Some to us in our in our it's more valuable to us in that moment to cuss out that curse work, that cuss that co-worker than to show an example of Jesus Christ. You're trading your birthright for a bowl of chili. It's more important to us to chase down that man who, who cut us off on the road and, and make sure we flip him off, show, give him, a, give him the, that, that single finger, drive dangerously, than to show an example of Jesus Christ. Trading our birthright for a bowl of chili. We're married, but we, we find somebody who, who, who looks at us good and uh, thinks, we look, thinks we look nice and keeps rubbing on us and saying nice things in our ear. And Before you know it, you have slipped and fallen short. You've fallen into adultery or fornication. and Have someone who, it, who you're becoming tied to physically, who you know you should not. For that moment, for that feeling, for those few moments of ecstasy, you're trading your birthright for a bowl of chili. You know, you, you, you're out and you're drinking and you're, you're getting drunk or you're smoking, you're getting high. And you, 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 you want the excitement of that moment. You want the thrill of, of, feeling, uh, of feeling like you're included with the, with the group or that feeling that, that high that you get, that physical high that you get from partaking of the alcohol and partaking of the drugs. You're trading your birthright for a bowl of chili. That's not a fair trade. And just as it was not there with Esau, neither is it with you. You're living your life broken. Again, I ask your question, what is your level of brokenness? I told you this, this woman, he, she decided, I, I imagine it was the night before. I don't believe it was that morning. I believe she had an epiphany the night before as she was engaged in the act. And some of you, you know how that feels. You've been engaged in the act that you kept saying, I won't do it anymore. This is the last time. But in that moment, she, she determined, I'm tired of living broken. I'm not doing this anymore. So she woke up that next morning, I believe, with purpose. I'm still somebody's daughter. I'm still the apple of my father's eye. I'm still someone special. I still believe that God loves me. I need to seek to mend the brokenness of my heart and my spirit.
and of my life. She had an epiphany, just like the prodigal son. He, 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 the son, first of all, you, you, I told you you have to recognize you're broken, but also you recognize that there's something better. He had lived long enough in the house to understand that even the servants lived better than he was living at that moment. I'm out here in the, amongst the pigs and I'm about to eat the husk of corn that, that they eat. If I go back to my father's house, I'd rather go back as a servant because that would be better than where I am right now. I came to tell somebody, yes, you might be broken. Yes, you might feel like you're at the end of your rope. But I want to tell everybody out there right now, I need you to understand that there is something better. There's something better. There's something better. That the, it's, the, it's the trick of the devil, the trick of the enemy to tell you that you're stuck where you are. The trick of the enemy who says that you can never come out of where you are. The trick of the enemy who says you'll never be better than what you are. The trick of the enemy who says you can never live saved. You can never live holy before God. That's only a trick of the devil. You can allow, not allow the devil to steal your joy. Can allow him to steal what God has placed on the inside of you. God has more for you. God has something great for you. You can't allow the devil to steal that. The prodigal son recognized, not only do I see that I'm broken, not only do I see where I am, but I also understand that there is a better place for me. If I just go back to my father's house, that woman said, if, I can just stop sinning. If I just don't do this anymore. If I can find myself in Jesus. If I can find myself in him. I began to think that the woman, while she was cleaning Jesus' feet, she was doing it for herself. She was doing it for herself. Why was she doing it for herself? Not only because of her sense of guilt. I imagine that there were many symbols that were happening while she was washing Jesus' feet. First of all, she had laid hands on Jesus. And I, and I encouraged somebody to lay hold of Jesus. Lay hold of Jesus. Find him wherever you might be. If you need to go to the sanctuary, if you need to go to the church, if you need to go to the chapel, if you need to go to your prayer closet, I, I, I encourage that broken person right now. Whatever your level of brokenness is, is to lay hands, lay hold of Jesus in consecration and in prayer. Get down on your knees and find him. He's waiting on you. The woman with the issue of blood. She said, I've reached my level of brokenness. I refuse to be broken anymore. She said in her heart, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I need to lay hold of Jesus and somebody out there. I'm encouraging you. You need to do the very same thing. You need to lay hold of Jesus. Find Jesus. Find him in your heart. Find him on your knees. Lay hold of Jesus. 
Not only was it the symbol of laying hold of Jesus, but there was a symbolic nature of as she washed the dirt from his feet. I can imagine in her mind she was thinking, I'm wiping away my sins. I'm washing away everything that I've done wrong. The water from my tears and from my kisses and my hair is washing clean my slate. I feel that as I wash his feet, that I'm washing away all of my sin. And I came to tell somebody today, you can have that same experience for yourself. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? You feel empty. You feel like you're not a full person. But what can make you whole within? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. It makes me white as snow. Washes away my sins. It washes away my guilt. It washes away my regret. So not only was it the symbolic nature of her touching Jesus, her laying hold of Jesus, her deciding that me putting my hands on Jesus is the connection that I need to, to turn my life around. But then there was the symbolism of her washing away the dirt from his feet. Even as she was washing away her sins. And I'm going to share this with you and I'm finished. She laid hold of Jesus. She washed symbolically, washed away her sins, even as she washed his feet. But finally, she broke open her alabaster box of oil and ointment. Because no matter how broken you are, sometimes your brokenness is just a symbol of how open you are. The more broken you are, the more open you are. If you open anything, if you open any food at home, if you open any of your packages from Amazon, you're going to have to break something. God has something for you there. God lies. The gift of God lies within your brokenness. It means that you're open to receive what God has. And at the same time, the brokenness symbolizes you awakening to something that is new. You're going to have to break something to awaken to the newness that God has for you. She broke open the alabaster jar of ointment and she she began to pour the ointment on feet on his feet. She anointed his feet. And as she anointed his feet, you know what? If you put a certain ointment on your feet, it fills the crevices. It, it, it heals the dryness of his feet. And not only that, there's a sheen, there's a shine that began to emerge in Jesus' feet. Told you there's the symbolism of her laying hold of Jesus, touching his feet. The symbolism of her washing away her sins as she washed the dirt from his feet. And finally, the final symbol, as she anointed his feet with the oil and the ointment, as his feet began to shine, I can imagine she began to see herself. The glare from the ointment, the glare from the oil, began to cast an image on Jesus' feet. And it was not just her, his feet, but in washing and anointing his feet, the woman 
began to see herself. Came to tell somebody who has a broken image of yourself. You really cannot see yourself until you see yourself through Jesus. See yourself through our Lord and Savior. See yourself the way God sees you. Because the image, the broken image you have in your mind of yourself is not how God sees you. God sees the completed you. When you buy a puzzle, you buy a puzzle that is broken up inside a box. But when you buy the puzzle on the front of the box, it does not have an image of a bunch of broken pieces. But rather the image on the outside of the box is the completed picture of what the puzzle will look like once it has been put together. And while you see yourself as a bunch of disjointed, jumbled up pieces, God sees you as the completed image on the outside of the box. That's how God sees you. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, I, th I thank you for these few moments we've had with your people. Lord, I pray that we assess our own level of brokenness in trying to sort out our own commitment issues and trying to sort out what is going wrong in our own lives. Let us like the prodigal son and like, let us like this woman in our story recognize that we are broken, but we do not have to continue to live broken. We can always find our place in you. There is room at the cross for each and every one of us. Just like this woman and just like the woman with the issue of blood. We have to determine in our minds that we're going to lay hold of you. We cannot do so physically, but all we have to do is get down on our knees in prayer. And when we pray to you, Lord, you hear us, you see us. We have a compassionate Savior who was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin, but gives us the authority to come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain grace to help in our time of need. Lord, help us to, as we begin to serve you, help us to wash out the broken image of ourselves from our minds. And Lord, as we, as the woman anointed your feet, as we anoint ourselves afresh and get a better vision of who you desire us to be, Lord, let us see ourselves through you. We are not the jumbled up, disjointed box of puzzle pieces. But Lord, help us to see us ourselves as you do. We're the completed image on the outside of the box. And Lord, if there be one of us right now who is not saved, if you're not saved, why don't you pray this prayer with me? Say, Lord, just lift those hands. I am a sinner. I have fallen short of your glory. And I'm sorry, Lord, 
I'm sorry for all of my sin. Please forgive me. Lord, I need you to wash my heart. Wash my mind. Wash me all over, Lord. Create within me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Lord, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ was crucified. He died and was buried, but rose again with all power in his hand. And today I claim him as my Savior and my Lord. Jesus, come into my heart and I'll make you my Savior and my Lord. If you said that prayer by faith, if you said it with commitment in your heart, then you are saved. Challenge you to get connected to a ministry, connected to a body of believers, people who will encourage you to help and grow in God as you should. If you want to join and become connected to this church, just text Bright Temple, one word all together. Text Bright Temple to 66866. Again, text Bright Temple, one word all together, to 66866 and become a part of this ministry today. I pray that you live encouraged by this word. I want to give you one more thing before you go. I told you to not only imagine yourself as the completed picture on the outside of the puzzle box. But I want you to get this too. I've never seen a puzzle that you could put together inside the box. The box was too small for what the puzzle will be. I want you to envision yourself outside that box. Break out of any chains and any limitations the devil's trying to put on you. Live with clarity and purpose and with the vision to see yourself as the big completed puzzle, the beautiful picture on the outside of the box. May you live blessed. May you live with faith and great expectation until I shall see you again. Be blessed. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.